Bars are closed. Aren't any shows? Where can we go? People at home gotta stay close. There's no other answer. Apocalyptic peanut butter can't afford nothing better. But we're gonna weather the storm. Yeah, we're gonna weather the storm. Greeting, Pandemic Pals, and welcome to Apocalyptic Peanut Butter, the only doomsday podcast that sticks to the roof of your mouth. I am your proactive, radioactive, hyperactive host, Nick the Saucy One Catsaurus, broadcasting to you from the land of meth and honey, Caraville, Tennessee. And I also want to introduce my co-host from the West Coast, a man who has seen me at my best, seen me at my worst, and now gets to podcast with me as the world burns. You know who I'm talking about. Mr. Andy Gammy. I'm drinking. I'm over here drinking my Sputnik juice. Oh, God. Yeah, we'll get to the old Sputnik. <laughs> Jeez. All righty. And back there pushing all the important sanitized buttons from her hermetically sealed bubble in the next room. Singer, actor, and creator of 3D Does Sings Etsy Store. That's a mouthful. Our right. marvelous producer, D. That's me. Like so now that. that you're making uh, masks and that's your newest venture, can we give you a nickname like Mad Mask? <laughs> I like it. Mad Mask D. Yes, I, I like that, actually. I might try to change my Etsy store name. Um, <laughs> no, I really dig it. Yeah, I uh, we finished watching Umbrella Academy season two and I kind of went nuts and made a whole bunch of different designs that are inspired by the Umbrella Academy. I think my favorite is one that says, if you, if I wanted you dead, you'd be dead. And it's got the umbrella, and in the middle of the umbrella is a knife, because, of course, Diego is the one who said that quote, and he is the knife guy. Um, and, yeah, I really, really like doing them. And um, I've been getting a lot of orders. Like, a lot of people have been buying two and three at a time. And I have to say, I was cynical. I didn't think, especially Umbrella Academy, had such a following that you would sell yeah. so many masks. Yeah. Let's next, get cynical. I know, cynical. right? <laughs> uh, I'm but fucking next cynical. is going to be uh, Ren and Stimpy, as they are bringing Ren and Stimpy back. Ooh, and I'm super excited. Smart. Yes, that's smart. Um, so I'm going to have a lot of fun with that. And Ooh, Bender, bite my shiny metal, metal mask. Yes. Oh, my God. That's so good. Trademark right there. Um, <laughs> I'll wear that one. Right? <laughs> but, yeah, you can go to our Facebook, Apocalyptic Peanut Butter Facebook, or um, my personal Facebook, if you know how to find me. Haha. <laughs> or you can look up the number three, D, D-E-E, does things on Etsy. Um, and I've got a bunch of them, and they're all 10 bucks a piece. That's it. I didn't want to make, you know, I didn't want to try and make tons of money off masks because it seemed wrong. Um, but I am also branching out into jewelry, and I'll be starting on T-shirts this weekend. So keep an eye out, dude. And I'm a big nerd. I'm a big geek, and I love geeky, nerdy stuff more than anything. And puns. Oh, dear God, I love puns. What so, happened, speaking of 3D, Andy, to 3D movies? Have you ever actually seen a 3D movie in a theater? Um, yeah. They're pretty I, badass. Yeah, uh, Clash of the Titans was the first, I think, recent that I saw. Or maybe it was either that or Alice in Wonderland. But they were pretty cool. They're actually, Are they still do them? I haven't heard of one in years. The, well, I remember the Alice in Wonderland was actually pretty cool because I had my feet like up on the seat in front of me because there was like hardly anybody in the theater. And, like, they had, like, these butterflies at the end that were, like, flying around. It looked like they were about to land on my feet. It was actually pretty neat. But then the Clash of the Titans, their 3D was horrible. It was just, like, a really, really nice movie. Like, very detailed. It just wasn't right, really Like, HD, not 3D. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Ironically, 3DD can't see in 3D. Say that five <laughs> times real fast. Exactly. Nice. Yeah. I, I was going to say, I cannot... I, it's weird. I have one of my eyes goes a little up and one goes a little down, which is also why I can't wear contacts. Um, but I can kind of see like a gecko almost. <laughs> Not really at will, but I can. I have really, really exceptional depth perception. Um, 
but I can't see in 3D as a result because my brain will take both of those pictures and it doesn't know what to do with them. I think so. it's safe to say that your brand name is fake news. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> oh my god. I'm so <laughs> proud of you. I've never felt closer to you, D. <laughs> yeah. You're officially well, fake news. So we've wow, we've actually found a part of the deep state I did not know I was working <laughs> yes. with. This is a deep state podcast. Hey, speaking of deep state and fake news and everything else, I wanted to bring this up before we get the guest in here today. So this far right conspiracy Q candidate from Georgia for the House, for, you know, House representative, mm-hmm. GA um, in Georgia, Marjorie Taylor Greene, she ran against a Republican neurosurgeon, John Collin, mm-hmm. who had a who had a pitch. His tagline was. All the conservatism, none of the embarrassment, right? So they they had to pick between a conspiracy theory, I believe in lizard people woman, and a neurosurgeon in her party who says all the conservatism, none of the embarrassment. Well, you know, the Georgia voters weren't having any of that bullshit. So, of course, the Q girl won at 57%. Wow. And – Oh, man. A Democrat hasn't won in that district in like 80 years, so she's absolutely going to win. And she's going to be the first sitting Q person in Congress, and she wants to start like a Q caucus. Hello, America. (laughs) Holy cow. Well, you know, the thing is, is she did it pretty smart, Wiser, because if you watch like some of her, you know, like public conference type things or when she's doing like news things, um, she doesn't really say any of that stuff. She just kind of like, you know, Nancy Pelosi needs to go to jail. Um, you know, those type of things are riled up a certain part of the base that's part and part of that that part of the party. So I think that she was pretty smart about how she delivered it. But then afterward, it's like, you know, the George Soros comma started com- coming out a little bit more public. Those kinds of things. So it's like I don't know. It almost these seems people like remind me of those dudes they find like in the woods of Vietnam ten years after the war, but they don't know the war's over. Yeah. So they think like the fucking camera crew to find them are like part of the Viet Cong or something. Yeah, it's like a way to extract information. Right, right. They think it's all fake. So this was her quote: "The fake news media hates me. Big tech censors me. The DC swamp fears me. And George Soros and the Democrats are trying to take me down." They've got such an imagination. Yeah, that's the. Yeah, I didn't know, hear her say a bunch of stuff about George Soros, which is, I, I, you know what? I have put this out, uh, like on a lot of comments that my replies to people. I've always wanted to figure out a way to tap into that sweet George Soros protesting money. I mean, it's like, I, I, I mean, you're already like you're on the left. You're pretty much claimed as a lazy person by the right, anyways. So I might as well, you know, it's like, where is that sweet Soros protesting money? Because everybody keeps saying that he puts up, you know, he pays for all the protests. Well, I mean, like how many protesters are out there at any given time now? 15,000, 25,000? And yeah. George Soros is paying them all? He's a true fucking job creator. I mean, that's... He's, a, he's the biggest job creator in this country. We should, the, the right should be loving George Soros as a super capitalist. Look how many jobs he creates. Yeah. Yeah. That's just his protest, not to mention like his whole syndicate, his whole media syndicate. I mean, George Soros probably employs one third of this country. Yeah. You know, well, I mean, but we could, I mean, it is, it's, I mean, it's kind of comical the way people do look at those things, but it's actually scary that now somebody is going to be in some kind of, you know, um, you know, power that can say those kinds of things. You know, I mean, like we talked about earlier, you know, you're right. This is this isn't tame compared to the Tea Party. The Tea Party was pretty tame compared to what's coming up. But you know, Tea Party's like saying stuff like abolish all taxes or get rid of the EPA and stuff like that. But and that's more of a libertarian thing. But the mm-hmm. level of crazy now is going to be like, I need to pass a law so we could re- root out lizard people in the government. How the yeah. fuck are you going to write that legislation if get you get rid- enough few people in there? Get rid of all the pizza shops. Yeah, get, yeah, all the pizza shops are, are like depots for the deep state. Yeah, that's gonna. Yeah, that's. That, I don't. I, I think. I don't know, man. Hey, make I, a note that if we oh, ever man. win a bunch of money, I want to open up a pizza parlor called Deep State Pizza. Yeah, try our deep pan you deep state pizza. You'll be firebombed in like a week. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'll get some great Yelp reviews though. Here, here's what's crazy, dude, and then we'll get on to the numbers and get Allison in here. Mm-hmm. So for people who don't know about QAnon, 
QAnon, literally, literally, and this this was no like um this is this was like no cover up to start with. On Reddit, 4chan, people used to go on there and put fan fiction type stories. And this kid wrote a fan fiction story. It was tagged as that about this secret like X Files smoking man guy named QAnon <laughs> who Trump was going to stick into the deep state as a double agent and he was going to expose this nefarious deep state like um, pedophile ring or some shit. And right. then what happened is all the lunatics that went on that thread said, "I bet you this isn't fan fiction." I bet you this is really Q, and this is kind of Donald Trump's wink, wink, nudge, nudge, that this mm-hmm. is real, and soon all our enemies, Obama and Hillary and all of them, are going to be hung for treason on the White House lawn. And then it got a life of its own, and now you're going to have the first sitting Q member in Congress, unless something crazy happens. Most likely she's going to get in. What do you think that kid that started this thing three or four years ago as a joke is thinking right now? No recognition Uh, from this. No fucking money from this. Like the first person to ever roll a blunt. Nobody would ever believe that guy, right? Like some mm 60-year-old's like, I was rolling blunts in the late 70s. I invented it. Like Mm -hmm. no one would believe him. What do you think this kid's thinking that started this Q crap and now it's taken on a life of its own where it's its own political movement? He's probably thinking I'm a freaking genius. It's but probably, nobody yeah. nobody probably believes him, right? No, yeah, I'm sure it'd be tough to I'm sure it'd be a tough sale. Because they're already conspiracy minded, so nobody's gonna I mean they don't want to believe he wrote it because then that breaks up the conspiracy that was really Q writing it as a secret, you know, oval teen decoder ring message to his fan base. Well, so to all the woke I, people. Because I think it could be like uh, traced back to like also three like three main people, so there's like you know the ability for it to gain traction so fast was because you know there was also other people that were like at the beginning part of it that I think that adapted onto that. I think that just like you said, those were the three guys were. Uh, it's I think the, I forget their names. It's like Commander Snowflake or something like that. They have like these really like silly names. Oh, that's a guy I would take seriously. Yeah, that's why I mean it's really silly. I don't know. It blows my mind. That's but, I mean, who doesn't love a good mystery though? I mean, who doesn't love like a good like you know? I mean, who wants to? I mean, most people don't. Who wants to be normal? You know, what I mean, it's just it's kind of I, I I could see where the the illusion delusion of grandeur is with the well, whole thing. Well, I was thing. telling my friend last night. I said, hey, this guy I used to know from a keysport got a hold of me. And he started talking about Trump, and I said, yeah, man, I don't really want to talk about the Trump thing. I'm not in the Trump at all. I, you know, I have a lot of problems with them. Mm. And he was like, oh, well, why don't you go canoeing with me? And I was like, what? He's like, <laughs> me and you should go out alone as men and go canoeing. I, he's like, I, I, I miss you, bro. Let's do some heavy canoeing together. And I was like, dude, I live in Tennessee because McKeesport's in Pennsylvania for you. Yeah. That don't know it. He's like, it's okay. I'll come out to Tennessee with my canoe and we'll bond. And I just fucking (laughs) blocked them. Now, back in the day, before everybody was this level crazy, oh, yeah, dude, we'll put fucking racing stripes on them and and we'll pick numbers. And, you know, I I would try to ramp him up. But now, dude, I just block people because people are at a level of insanity even I can't keep up with it. Because there really might be a dude show up at your door with a freaking canoe. Yep. Playing it, playing God Bless America on a kazoo. Yeah, planning my murder. And I don't want to go out like that, dude. Yeah, that was That's like as ridiculous as getting hit by an ice cream truck or something. That's not yeah. a die. At ten, right. mi- 10 miles per hour. Let me ask you a question. Is there any reason to keep doing these we're totally fucked update numbers? Because doesn't everybody know by now we're totally fucked? Do I need to keep reading these numbers? It's tradition. Uh, All right, well, let's go. Um, <laughs> right now, total cases in America are 5.4 million and change. Jeez. Today, we had 44,000 new cases. Um, total deaths right now in this country is just a hair over 170,000. We've got – actually, I pulled this up a half hour ago. Oh, shit, it's gone up 600 since a half hour ago. We're at 1,128 deaths today. Total recover 2.8 million. Total, they have it now, 2.4 million. So it seems like every time we start making a little bit of progress, 4th of July, Memorial Day, or Beach Week, or something happens, and we go right back into the fucking abyss. Yeah. And this week it's Sturgis. Oh, yeah, dude. Like, I put that um, joke up on my page the other day, and I was like, between Sturgis and um, Smash Mouth, there isn't going to be anyone left alive to march in next year's straight pride parade. 
<laughs> that's that's gonna take out a huge chunk of the straight pride dudes. Well, I mean, doesn't he sing in this song? He's not the smartest tool in the shed. Yeah, well, obviously it's come to life. All right, <laughs> let's get today's guest in here. Uh, do, 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 do. All right, today's guest is a quick-witted comedian, writer, and actor whose passion is only outshined by her humor. Longtime friend of our shows over the years, Allison Klemp is here. Allison, what's up? Hey. Hi, how's it going? The space-time continuum is broken. Let me tell you why. Trumps will say something fucked up and it's over the top and we're all running around with our heads on fire. And it'll happen two weeks ago. And then so much will happen in that two weeks. It seems like six months ago. But then, on the other hand, you've been calling into our shows for over five years and it only seems like a year or two. Yeah, time is... uh false thing that we are forced to deal with i don't believe in time anymore that's what coronavirus has done to me yeah that's fake news as well but it's hard to believe right that you've been calling into these shows for over five years that's crazy that is is crazy that i started when i was just 16 were you really just 16 when you started calling no it can't be that long we we launched tin can (laughs) in 2016 (laughs) And I know you're on one of our first tin can shows. So it was at least She's four fucking years. with you, dude. <laughs> How do I know if anybody's fucking with me anymore? <laughs> I thought I was I'm a young babe of 21, Nick. You know this. Oh. All righty. Well, I put my foot in my mouth. All right, let's do this. I'm trying to stay marketable in Hollywood. <laughs> I could hear Dee laughing in the next room, even with their mute on. All right, so check it out. This is what I ask everybody calls in. It's really important with you because you're in New York, which is one of the places that got hit the hardest first. Mm-hmm. How are you doing in our new COVID era? And is like, is this, there's no comedy or music now in New York or a place is trying to open back up? Paint a picture for me, Allison. Paint a word picture for me. A little word picture. Um, well, I am doing all right physically, doing fine. And, uh, you know, everyone in my year has uh, somehow managed to not get sick, which I'm really appreciative of. Mentally has been a bit more of a roller coaster. Um, but, you know, that's fine. We're all going through a collective trauma. It's okay. Um, but yeah, as far as their shows, entertainment is, um, I would say it's in flux right now. Um, they, everything was shut down. And then when bars started opening up for like outdoor service, um, people started doing little pop-up shows. Basically, what's happened in New York is that any restaurant or bar has commandeered the parking spaces on the street in front of their establishment and turned it into a patio on the street. Nice. So that's fun. We can all just eat and drink in the street, and hopefully everyone is a good driver that day. Yeah. Um, Have but, you performed uh, yeah, since all this started? I, I have done one show. Um, I was very, like, of course, I miss performing, but I also uh, was very skeptical about the safety, especially at the beginning of people doing these things, you know, and I'm just, like, maniacally looking at pictures people are posting, like, that guy's not wearing a mask, and that guy's not wearing a mask, and they don't think they're closer than six feet together. I'm not doing this show, you know, just, like, kind of getting very Charlie Day crazy with it. Um but I did a show last week, I think, and it went surprisingly well. It was my first uh, time performing um, since March, so it's been like five months. Um, and I was pretty sure it was going to be terrible, but it actually turned out uh, really well and kind of like was great for my mental health as well. Because I was like, oh, yeah, this is like my reason for being a person. That felt nice to remember that. Um, but then the city just added an ordinance to their like COVID restrictions that um, co- specifically comedy shows are um, not allowed and that any establishment that hosts one will be in danger of losing their liquor license. Holy so. shit. Do, do you think post-COVID, like right out of COVID or when you did your set, it, it, it's got to be impossible not to do COVID-related material, right? That just can't happen. Um, I mean, I didn't do a ton of 
specific COVID material. I did talk a lot about death in general. Um, so kind of, but yeah. So what are you working on now? Are you doing some streaming stuff? Do you have any web series coming out? Catch us up, because I haven't talked to you on air for about a year. Yeah, um, I have a podcast that thankfully we banked a bunch of episodes uh, before all this started. And so that still has episodes coming out and it's called The Tableverse. It's an RPG podcast. It's very like sci-fi adventure, very fun. Um, but otherwise, I've been actually having like a lot of additions and things that have been popping up, which has been sort of surprising. Um, but that is the most of what I've been working on. I do have like I've been like working on like a couple like little writing projects, but they're not really at a point of like, you know, to be released yet. So just sort of checking in and, you know, kind of like resetting and trying to figure out a way to move forward in this new this new world. Yeah. Um, what was that saying, D? Like the the normal's never coming back. All we can do is move on. Like that Chris yep. Evans and that TV show, it's like there is no back to normal. There's only before and after. Yeah. And that's what I feel like this yeah. is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, I think that's right. We I just mean, sounded like King we, of the Hill. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. I mean, things never really go back to normal, you know? Like, nothing, you can't ever put a genie back in the bottle fully, you know? So. Well, let's talk about the insanity that is the outside down America now. Every week we have a story or a couple different stories on here, and they come out every day, about some anti-mask lunatic doing everything from falling on the floor. These are grown adults, like 30, 40-year-old mm-hmm. adults, fl- falling on the Walmart floor and peeing their pants and protest the masks, attacking people, insulting people. There have been places that have had to shut down. Because they were like, dude, I mean, it's hard enough to keep these places open, but our employees keep getting insulted and assaulted. Um, People like putting dirty panties on their head, people wearing swastika masks, people wearing netted masks that don't do anything. Like, haha, you need, oh, I have to wear shoes in here, and I'll put my shoes in a dumpster and walk around in dumpster water. Like, just all this ridiculous crap. This latest one was some anti mask scumbag punched a 17-year-old kid that worked at this um, Sesame Street place-themed amusement park. And I don't even know how these amusement parks are still open. But it's a Sesame Street-themed park for really young kids in Bucks County, Pennsylvania. And this guy was asked to wear a mask, punched a 17-year-old in the face. Let me say this first. If I was between 17 and 22... I would not fucking work, dude. I am not putting my safety on the line for eight bucks an hour. If at all possible, I would move back home with my parents. Would you? Would any of you work in this shit if you had any, like, in retail for eight bucks? If you were a kid? Well, I mean, I feel like you're 17. You're probably already living at home with your parents. But also, it's a great way to get away from your parents. So, I mean, I don't know what you're you know, life was like when you were 17. But when I was 17, I was like, I'll work overtime. Just anything to get me away from my mom. She's going to yell at me. She's going to ground me probably for lying, which I'm definitely going to do. So I'd much rather hang out here at work with my friends and like get drunk in the parking lot. I don't know if I would deal with these assholes getting punched. I mean, two people have already been shot over mass. They, some dude shot a, a know, poor kid at the crazy. fucking dollar store. That's just not worth well, I mean, it's not worth any money, but especially eight no. bucks an hour. And well, then you know, did you see Alex Jones' new video, too? Oh, no. No, no, no. Yeah, my, he, went to like, he went to, like, a park. It was, like, a park or some kind of, like, nature hiking something. And it was, like, a bunch of, like, teenagers. They were, like, lifeguards or whatever. And uh, he was, you know, screaming at them about the math. And it was actually a great video because uh, these kids are so inspiring. Uh, I love Gen Z so much, um, even though they will totally call me a boomer. But, like, all these kids are just sitting there like Alex Jones is running around doing his crazy Alex Jones shit and they're all just sitting there just on their phones like so bored by him could not be bothered and it's like this is the attitude we all need to have to this kind of shit <laughs> just like it doesn't even exist you know yeah tune tune these guys out like you would tune out your like crazy grandfather at Thanksgiving all right grandpa yeah the Japanese are still trying to kill you okay okay mm-hmm. grandpa like you just have to marginalize them out of existence I feel like Yeah, because really, and this is what I've, like, I've, like, really gone full circle on, like, the 
anti-mask people because definitely at the beginning and like when New York was like really bad, you know, like we had the death trucks outside every hospital and it was just like all you hear on the street is ambulances. Like it was really bad. And especially when like it was like that and I would see people without masks, like I would lose my shit. Like I would straight up go to people and scream in their face and you know What was their reaction? Um, it varied and honestly in New York I feel like it's different than most places because no matter what your political ideology is, like we all experience that like death rattle. And, you know, I mean, multiple occasions, I just saw bodies being wheeled down the street on gurneys, you know, when when I'm like out and about. So like, you know, you couldn't escape it. And I feel like in other places where, you know, you're more spread out, you try, especially if you didn't get hit as hard, you know, it's harder to see, it's not right in front of your face. Um, but here it was just like, you couldn't deny it. So for the most part, you know, people are pretty good about math or like if you would say something to them, sometimes people would be like, act kind of like ashamed. Sometimes they would be completely, you know, indifferent or like assholes or whatever. And of course, New York is also full of crazy people. So sometimes you just get like some crazy assholes screaming back at you. And ultimately that was why I was like, I can't keep doing this. Like I can't keep screaming at these people. It doesn't do anything. Like I feel better for five seconds, but I've also now put myself in danger by <laughs> interacting with this person. And I wonder how many people not. were like blogging about you during this pandemic. Like how many people were like you won't believe somebody just accosted me on the street. How many people have been posted about you over this? Hmm. I mean, honestly, that's something I've wondered for years, even before this. So. <laughs> ah. uh, um but yeah but it's like you know if you yell at someone like no one ever agrees oh yeah you're right i'm i'm wrong i should do it thanks for yelling at me you know like people just dig into their original positions so what they want and this is the thing too is like i think a lot of times they want people to yell at them and that's why they're not wearing the mask and i think that it's just like this desperate need for attention so like like we were saying about ignoring them i feel like now just if you don't exist i don't even see you is the best way and then if I happened like I was getting into an elevator and there was like some guy who didn't have a mask on and I was just outright like I'm not getting in that elevator with you like and I just feel like you just talk to them like you're stupid you know but like don't raise your voice that seems to be the most effective oh man dude what a strange new world I will say this I'm surprised Alex Jones went out in nature because the Q people have a conspiracy now that Antifa is training woodland creatures like owls and squirrels and beavers to attack Trump supporters (laughs) (laughs) so I'm kind of shocked I'm kind of shocked. Yeah, they were like, don't go out. My my uncle's a park ranger. And he said, raccoons are being trained to attack us, our red hats. And I'm just like, oh, what an imagination on these kids. Most of them are just sadly too old to be acting the way they're acting. Yeah, I mean, dude, it is. Uh, yeah. I mean, I think it's, it's about you know the mental maturity. I think the age is like whatever. But yeah, they should by that age be a little more mentally mature about things. Because they've. It was two of them. The, it was a. It was. I guess maybe it was a husband and wife or whatever. They punched that poor kid, and uh, he got dislocated his jaw and all kinds of yeah, stuff. Yeah, broke his teeth. I mean, that's that's who. I mean, and then they ran off like fucking Bonnie and Clyde, and you know yeah. they went to their local bar and was like, "I taught one of them liberals a lesson today." Well, thankfully they're going to get caught because they they yeah. um, they they got them like their license plates on like the on like. Like uh, the cameras and stuff like that. So I, I like I like how Illinois is going. Like Illinois just made it uh, a law that if you mess with a, a worker over a mask and you hurt them, it's a felony. And that's what a lot of places are doing. And it brings up a question. In any other case, except for maybe a hate crime, simple assault would not be a felony. So should this be a felony? It, like it just seems like a weird line to make this a felony. But if I cut someone off in traffic and I pull over and they punch me in my face, that's a simple assault. But then if you punch somebody for telling you to wear a mask, it's a felony. Has it gone so far we have to do this? Or do you think that just kind of makes the law arbitrary 
when you draw that line there? I think it's important. I guess I think it's important because it one sends the message that like this is serious and we're taking it seriously. Mm-hmm. And also like the difference between a traffic scenario like tra- road rage is that this is a public health issue that affects everyone and that you're endangering people by not wearing the mask. If you're cutting people off in traffic, you're just being a dick. And like, yeah, you could cause an accident, but like it's just like a different scale. It's the same. To me, it's like the equivalent of saying, you know, if you go into 7-Eleven and the guy's like, no, nah, man, you got to put a shirt on and me just going and punching him for that. I mean, it's kind of like it's it's petty and it's, you know, I think that's like a, a level of violence that needs to be met with, like, you know, some kind of punishment other than that, because that's. You know, but they're always the victim, though, so you can't shame them into changing their behavior because as soon as that couple gets arrested, I promise you, they're going to get on Facebook. They're going to say they were abducted by the deep state, that deep state cops jailed them for no reason for exercising their freedom, and they're going to start a GoFundMe and make a fucking hundred grand. It's possible, for sure. But again, yeah, I, I, I think – I still think that people are – I. I don't know. I think people are smarter than that as far as the general public goes. I think they can sniff. I mean, to a small amount of people, they'll seem big. But I think that, I mean, to the people who are normally like more brazen about saying things to employees, I think they're also the type of people who don't want to, you know, aren't in and out of jail their entire life. I think they don't want to go to jail in the first place. But every day, almost, we see some racist knucklehead flipping out, and this is pre-COVID even, flipping out on camera, dropping in bombs or accosting people that are Asian Americans or just anything, and that hasn't changed anyone's behavior. These people are getting fired, they're getting humiliated in their communities, and people are still doing it. It doesn't seem like a deterrent. It doesn't seem like shame is no longer a, a deterrent to those types of people. You can't shame people who don't have shame. But we used to have shame, right? I mean, even the worst people yeah. among us used to have shame. Yeah, but I feel like that's like one of those things that Donald Trump and Fox News has just um, like eradicated from a certain segment of the population. I agree. Um, D, you've been quiet back there. Does it seem like we just don't have shame anymore? Even if, like you said, something racist 10 years ago, especially if you're any kind of politician or position of power the head of a company, you'd immediately come out and apologize. And now they're like, eh, I'm a racist. Fuck your feelings. What you going to do? I think between that, um, I think a lot of that's come from Trump, like Allison said. Um, I think that paired with the overabundance of cancel culture that we are currently experiencing i think those two things have really made it so that you know if you did say something you can't say you're sorry you can't you know come out and say oh my god i said i i am so sorry al franken resigned even though he apologized it was he was like it was just a joke it was stupid i mean nobody was hurt physically in it you know i it it like it was something we wouldn't have even thought of like I've seen Van Wilder, I've seen worse on TV, you know. Come on. So I think the, I the two of those things. Well, no, I think the I'm two sorry. of those things I... paired together has just made it really hard for anybody to apologize. Go ahead, Alice. No, but the facts of that that's actually incorrect because it wasn't just that was like the first allegation of the picture, but then mm. I think seven seven more women came forward. And okay, so now the, that's gross. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't know and that it, part. there was a lot of. Yeah, there was a lot of the actual groping, and the one that was actually the worst of it was that there was a woman who, this was when he was a senator, and he was at, like, the Minnesota State Fair, and, you know, she, like, took a picture with him, and he grabbed her ass while they were taking the picture, and, um, you know, she, like, told people about it at the time, you know, and, like, I think she had even, like, posted it on Facebook initially, and so there was a lot of corroborating stories that people remembered that, you know, oh, yeah, she called me when that happened and told me. And, like that. Oh, and for me, that yeah. was like, see, yeah, that kind of kills flying, it for me. Like, girl, you were a senator. Like, you can't you can't write off any of the like, oh, I was in entertainment bullshit. You know, but, right. like, wow. yeah. Yeah. So scratch I, sorry, that. Alfred, I'm no Alfred, longer on that team. <laughs> 
Yeah, that's why I get like really upset when people um, like are like it's not a big deal, you know. And like I feel like maybe people just don't have all the information. But like exactly. Al Franken was like a he was a hero of mine. Like when it's like I lost a hero, like he meant so much to me. And so like when that happened, I like really kind of oh yeah, mine was Bill Cosby, and then I was like <gasps> mm. no. So Allison, if you're correct, which I tend to agree with you, and you can't put the genie back in the bottle, and so we can never get shame back into a social norm, where do we go from here? I mean, do we just deteriorate into idiocracy and then Mad Max? <sighs> I mean, I guess that depends on what happens in November, right? <laughs> but I don't think um, Biden will even be a quick fix. And then, I mean, I had heard, no. like, the Trump administration said to burn all files, and, and if they happen to have to leave the White House, they're going to basically leave it empty and make the like it almost impossible for Joe Biden to come in there and govern that like they're gonna fuck everything up. I just I don't understand if there's no going back to social norms and propriety and people being decent to each other. I, where does it end? Just anarchy? Maybe. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I think it can. I think we can course correct a little bit and like I agree Biden's not going to be a quick fix to anything but he will stop the bleeding and uh, you know he there that will be I think somewhat of a return to normalcy and I actually worry that it'll be too much of a return to normalcy and people will kind of just stop paying attention to shit at that point but I don't know I guess we just gotta oh Trump won't let us unless he goes to jail dude or moves to Russia he's still going to be out there I mean I, I honestly believe Trump wants to be dragged out of the White House in handcuffs. He wants that photo op so he could tweet out everywhere how he was he didn't lose the deep state did an illegal coup and removed him illegally from office. Well it's good T V. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's where I think he's going with this. All right, Dee, you wanna give us the next story about the rushing COVID vaccine? Yes. The Russian COVID vaccine they're calling Sputnik five. Um, now this is now, maybe, is that a kind of a, a bit towards America, kind of a, um, what do you call it? A poke at America? It's a reference. Because they made it into space before us. Yeah. It's a reference to the Sputnik. Yeah, that's exact. I mean, I don't know if it's a dig at us, but it is a reference to the Sputnik. Um, so it, it is possibly, um, a vaccine that won't kill you and may make you make antibodies. Um, For what I understand, it's made much in the same way that a flu vaccine is, um, which is that you get, um, you know, viruses that are weakened or dead of, in this case, uh, a common cold because of the type of uh, virus that COVID is. It's respiratory, so they wanted to start with something respiratory. Um, So anyway, they basically have made it so that this vaccine will give you some sort of autoimmune response and hopefully create antibodies. And then you can fight off the real virus, right? Well, there's a couple problems with that right off the bat because we don't know if um, having antibodies makes you otherwise immune to this particular strain. Um, And regardless of that, strains tend to like viruses can change. They have that ability. Plus, who every knows few how years. much is true? P- Putin is like the PT Barnum right. of propaganda. Um, so none of the studies that they said have been done have been published. Um, they're not. They haven't released any information whatsoever on this thing. Um, as far as you know, they they did a phase one, which is a very small group, just kind of to make sure it doesn't kill anybody. Then phase two is usually um, a larger group trying to find out if there's you know really bad side effects or if it does do anything and then phase three is usually with a few hundred people well in march they passed a law in russia that made it so that phase three could be thrown out the window they didn't have to do that well for the european union and also for the fda in the united states you have to have that phase three in order for something to be cleared to be used regardless of any of those things they're saying it works putin says his Niece has gotten it, and she's doing great. Um, and there are supposedly a somewhat upward of uh, 500 million orders or orders for doses um, 
in different uh, countries in the uh, Middle East. And well, the president of the Philippines said that he volunteers to be first, that he will be the yeah, first to, to be experimented on. That's a great statement. Yeah. Um, <laughs> now, the, and there's supposed to be another uh, vaccine um, in one of the Asian countries. I apologize. I can't remember which one offhand um, that has shown some promise. And they're starting on phase three. That's about the quickest anybody else has done one. So I don't know if it's just because Russia has an obsession with being first Hence and that's the why they're name. coming. Yeah. And that's why they're coming out and saying, oh, ours is ready, f- you know, for everybody to use. And, you know, we're going to treat our frontline workers and medical workers first. And then we're going to, you know, and everybody's going to get it. Um, I don't know if he just really, really wants to be first or if there's something to it. But to be quite honest, there is no way that a vaccine can be safe in under six months. It's but just, this is political, though. Andy, oh, yeah. so Trump said that he's gonna, he will order, as soon as this is approved, he'll mm-hmm. buy 100 million doses. I don't know what that means to buy it or order it. But I have a feeling, and you can tell me if you agree with this, that the same people today going, if Bill Gates tried to make me get a vaccine, I'll come out shooting, I'll never get a vaccine, will be first in line for the Putin vaccine. I I I don't know, dude. That's a tough one because I think there are certain things that even like some people I think that won't be pushed to. I think I don't know. If they man, think they can own the libs by getting the Putin vaccine, they'll do it. Yeah, but they might they might figure out a way to kind of twist it so it's you know it's uh, I I don't know, man. I think there I think there'll be a lot of people that will take it if it was that. But here's the thing. I don't think that it, a it would pass like the mustard here. And also it's like, I think my understanding is when I was reading up when you guys talked about it was that, um, so I guess there's this company called Moderna and Oxford. Um, these guys, like they've already started their phase three trials. So they're like, Russia was like nowhere near what they were doing. So I think that's probably why they hastily were like, okay, you know what I mean? Like we want to be the first. So, um, and I guess, but- China. That's what our U.S. Health and Human Service Secretary said. He said the point is not to be first with the vaccine. The point is to have the vaccine that is, have a vaccine that is safe and effective for all American people mm-hmm. and the people of the world. When they have that guy saying that, like we got to be safe and proceed with caution with science, and you have Putin saying it is the best, and Trump's like, I just ordered a hundred million. I took sixteen doses myself. Like, I feel like they're going to go, well, that's snowflake talk that our secretary is talking about. Let's get some of that cool Putin vaccine. I don't know. It's, it's, I don't know. What I, see, I grew up like, you know, I'm like an 80s kid. So it's like I remember like when uh, the plane got shot down by the Russians that one year and everybody was out in the street like pouring vodka. It was made in Russia like out in the street and. All that yeah, stuff. those days are gone, man. There's no break. It's just mind blowing that it's like it's come that far in the other direction. All right, let me do this last story on our upside down news this week. So something weird happened. Um, Herman Cain is back from the dead and tweeting. <laughs> A few days ago, he tweeted out. I think it was two days ago. Just in case he thought Biden's candidacy was going to be anything um, other than completely nuts. Team Trump has released this video. Uh, you know, Biden's campaign is going to be nuts as the ghost of Herman Cain is tweeting this out. And people are like, what the fuck's going on? Did this get hijacked? <laughs> is this a fake account? So finally, his family released a statement and they changed the name of it from Herman Cain's Twitter to the Cain Gain. And his sister and his <laughs> wife took it over. And here's the kicker. They said, we wanted to continue his work, and she said, my father's last dying wish was to keep his Twitter going. I'm just trying to fucking imagine a scenario where they're surrounded him, and he's like this last, he could could barely talk. He's like, come here, dear, come here. And she like moves in, tears streaming down her face. Make sure you keep my Twitter active and own the libs. Do you think that's how that played out, Allison? Uh, I mean, I hope so. <laughs> when we were talking about shame earlier, and it's like, yeah, like, there's no shame because 
anything you do, as, as long as it's to own the libs, anything is fine. Like pissing your pants, like you said, or like anything. So cleaning from beyond the grave is like relatively mild, um, you know, <laughs> but it's like kind of empowering too, because of all the, you know, times you're told like, oh, there's like social media is a waste of time on your deathbed. You're not going to be thinking about the tweets you sent. And apparently that's not true. So. Yeah, well, I have yeah, a feeling that they were just trying <laughs> to exploit this situation. I mean, I don't know. I don't want to say talk ill of the dead or their family, but it just seems ridiculous to me that anybody's last dying wish would be to keep their Twitter going. Isn't now their Instagram, a, yeah. maybe, but their Twitter. Isn't he a billionaire? I mean, isn't didn't isn't he? Yeah. I mean, I don't I don't see why they're like would be hurting for that sweet Twitter money. I, I don't think it's about the money. I think that they just want to keep the recognition going. They're not ready to bow out of the spotlight. Yeah, otherwise, yeah, I mean, they would just call it like the Herman Kane Memorial Twitter. They wouldn't call it the Kane Gain, like they're a fucking Kane 70s Gain. funk band or something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's so, like a weekend at Bernie's Twitter account. But this is a good, um, yeah, right? <laughs> this this is kind of a good um, microcosm of where we are in this country. Because I was looking at some comment threads. Somebody posted about Herman Cain making all these anti-mask and COVID remarks and then dying two weeks later. And there was an argument. It just shows you how differently people on the right and left think. And they're like, Herman Cain died of cancer. And they're like, no, he recovered from cancer, went in remission in 2007. He wrote a book about it. And they were like, yeah, but he had a compromised immune system from cancer. So he didn't die from COVID. He died because his immune system was compromised. It's like, yeah, but he still died from COVID. No, no, because if he had a good immune system, he wouldn't have died. So he died from a, from a compromised immune system. It's like saying if I wear – if I'm a cop and I wear a bulletproof vest every day – and one day I forget my vest and I get shot. I didn't die from the bullet. I died from not wearing my vest that day. Right, how, do exactly. you, how do you find common ground with people who think in such opposite terms as us? <laughs> that is a really excellent question that I have not yet dug up the answer to. You probably, uh, if you if you could if you could actually answer that very well, you probably can make a lot of money. I'll be honest with you. I practice Buddhism and uh, we. You know, we're taught a lot about compassion and dialogue and, you know, recognizing everybody's humanity and, you know, everyone's Buddhahood. And that has been um, really, really, really difficult uh, to basically impossible lately for some people. So <laughs> it's, uh, it's, 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 I'll say the Buddhist community has been rattled by how to do this as well. <laughs> I just feel like you could take the Dalai Lama and have him go speak out in like Trump country to some of these alt-right conspiracy people. And after an hour, he's just going to like wipe his hands and be like, these motherfuckers are crazy. I'm out of here. Like, I don't even, I don't I think. I would love to see that. <laughs> yeah. How would the Dalai Lama like deal with these Is people? Is the Dalai Lama busy? Can I mean, I guess he can't really <laughs> travel right now. <laughs> I mean, it's just an alt-side down flat earth 5G batshit crazy COVID reality now. I I just I don't my I uh, I I was never tongue tied D before these alt side down times was I <laughs> no matter how crazy shit got I hung out and I hung in there for years mm-hmm. through Michelle Obama secretly a man and Obama keeps an Pizza onion behind a, poto- mm-hmm. uh, behind a podium to make himself cry but I just I don't have words anymore to express how fucking upside down everything is I do this fall. Coming in theaters. <laughs> Ow, my balls! The original. <laughs> are we, Andy? Are we living in an episode of Ow, my balls? Yeah, I think so. I, 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 I I'm. That's gonna be pretty cool. I can't wait to get my lazy boy toilet. <laughs> you don't have one yet. <laughs> Not yet. Poser. <laughs> I don't know if I can keep podcasting. I'm actually sitting on a lazy boy toilet <laughs> as we're broadcasting. <laughs> I can't believe you're not. With your bucket of cheese. Oh, yeah, you know I got my bucket of cheese, baby. <laughs> All right, I think that was a depressing enough thought to end at. Um, Allison, I want to thank you so much for calling in. Uh, why don't you tell everybody where we can find you on the interwebs? What dark corner of the interwebs are you hiding at? Thank you so much for letting me come here and bum everyone out. Um, you can find me. <laughs> but you did it with love, and that's what's important. Yeah. 
You can find similarly cheery perspectives online. You can follow me on Twitter or Instagram at Allison Klemp, A-L-I-S-O-N-K-L-E-M as in Mary, P as in Paul, um, Klemp, like the Klemp. I don't know why I spelled it out like that. Um, thank you. <laughs> All righty, Allison. Thank you. And we will talk to you shortly. We'll be in touch. Thank you. Thank you. Good to talk to you guys. Likewise. All right, Dee, before we get out of here, you want to give us some Dee's tips for survival? Yes, Dee's tips for survival are when in doubt, ask your doctor. Um, and remember that the tests are only about 50% accurate right now. How accurate do you think a vaccine is going to be if the test is only 50%? Really? No, um, really just try, ask your doctor when in doubt, really. They went to medical school for at least like 10 years. You mean liberal so, indoctrination stations? <laughs> they did, but they, they went to school for a long time to know which medication not to give whoa, you. Whoa, 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 but I you. watched four, count them, one, two, three, four YouTube videos. So how the fuck did they know more than me? <laughs> you know, it's it seems like it wouldn't be possible, but five-minute crafts is not college level. It's just not. Um, no, just ask your doctor, really. I um, And try ask to stay your strong. your doctor if reality is right for you. Right. Try to stay strong. Remember, we really are all in this together. And the closer it gets to home, the scarier it's going to feel. And that is completely oh. normal. We're all uh, in this together. Unfortunately, it's a fucking clown car crashing into a dumpster <laughs> fire. So. Well, you know <laughs> what? If you stay in the middle of those clowns, you might have some padding. So maybe we'll hear <laughs> their noses. Can't use their nose as an airbag. You'll hear a giant squeak. <laughs> we did not mean to offend any clowns who have died in this way. I just want to put yeah, that out. There. I'm not trying to appropriate clown culture. That'd be horrible. Like the minute the day you release this, it's like the largest clown car accident <laughs> in history happened today. What a coincidence. Yeah, that'd be the end of my career. All right, let's get out of here. Okay, pandemic pals, till next time, be diligent and stay safe. Hey guys, Dee the producer here. I just want to give you a little background on our outro song today. This is from Dr. Quentin J. Lee, an Alabama principal, singing a nifty COVID parody for Can't Touch This. Enjoy. You can't touch this. You can't touch this. You can't touch this. My, my coronavirus hits me so hard All the teachers say, oh my lord, COVID is stressing me All the updates from the CDC Lysol can't be found I've looked all around this town I've had no luck And these are the things huh, you can't touch I told you students You can't touch this You better pull that mask up You can't touch this It's the CDC, not me you can't touch this Hey, don't wash your hands. You can't touch this. Fresh new rules and plans. Let's all be safe. Go wash your hands. So move back up six feet. You better not cough and you better not sneeze. Annotation. Hold on. Let me check your temp. Not under your arm like that. Like that. You're all clear. Go to the back. Everybody says that this is too much. And these are the things huh, you can't touch. Yo, I told you. You can't touch this. Why are y'all standing so close? Back up. Oh, can't touch this. Every time you see me, Dr. Lee is sanitized. I'm gonna keep my hand clean, cause the cases are on the rise. Now why would I ever stop doing this while others getting ill? I don't wanna be sick. I've been to all the classroom from upstairs into the gym. It's Lee, go Lee, Dr. Lee, yo doc, you're late. Look at the clock, can't touch this. Can't touch this. Break it down. Six feet. Stop sanitize.